I woke up one morning and I looked in the mirror and I literally said to myself, who are you? I didn't know who I was. Have you been looking for a business podcast with hosts and guests who don't have a stick up their ass? Yeah, I said it. Damn! Well, if so, welcome to your new home, brother. Brother. This is My Fence Life. Woo! Our three passions are beer, bourbon, and business. And probably in that order. We're bringing on business owners who share tips, tricks, and behind-the-scenes stories to help your business be more successful. And we drink during the show. So no matter what industry you're in, pop a cold one and come on in. Welcome to the My Fence Life Studio. Hey guys, what's happening? We are new software. I don't know what the hell's going on. I don't know what I'm doing, but you know what? I'm figuring it out. But I will tell you this, we're on episode 87, good old 87 season four. And we got a special co-host tonight. Special, special, special guy. This guy is real special. I don't even, he's real close to my heart. He's real special to me. Um, Every time I talk to him, I'm just like, this is really a special guy. So anyway, um, tonight's guest, he's been working in the family business since he was knee high to a grasshopper. All right. Uh, Worked there all through college and high school. Hated college because they wouldn't let him use his crayons anymore. So he left for two years. And then uh, he went to work for John Deere at the age of 22 in the log skitter and loader fabrication division. He slowly worked his way up to being a lead all while still working for his pops building fence on his spare time. <laughs> and um, I just want to let you know he had quickly there, not slowly. So I added that. Six years later, he decided he's had enough of John Deere Green, and he uh, goes back to working full-time for River City Fence in Fulton, Illinois. Uh, He's a YouTube-watching little freak, and he ran across some business info and started implementing it into his family business around 2018, 2019. And about two years ago, he went ahead and started his own little podcast, and uh, it's not real popular. Some of y'all might have heard of it. It's on some of the you know, those channels on TV where you go you like getting the 400s and 500s and you run across something, that's where you're going to find his podcast. Uh, <laughs> he started it about two years ago. He's become a real good friend of mine. And um, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and bring him on. You know, when you bring on a guy like this, a guy like this gets special, <laughs> special music. Bag up, bag up, bag up, Terry. Put it in reverse, Terry. I expect nothing less uh, from you, Dan Blanc. What's happening, man? What's going on? Not much. You're on uh, my fence life. It's been a while, dude. It's been a long time. It has, man. It's been, um, I think the last time we had you on was for um, the last episode of the year, the season finale. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Anyway, man, what's um what you been getting into? Are you are you are you are you on this pound town deal that everybody's on or what? Yeah, well, our chain link for sure. We are driving everything, uh, but terminals and 
Um, so our vinyl here, really quick, literally, I think tomorrow I'm setting a job up, would be our first vinyl um, drive and sleeve, I call it. Um, but yeah, we're, uh, I like it. I like it a lot. I don't, know, I don't know if I like the way that sounds. Dry and sleeve. Drive and sleeve. Oh, drive. I thought you said drive. <laughs> Man, talking about dry and sleep, <laughs> tell you what happened to me today. <laughs> I, uh, no, no bullshit. I haven't been to the doctor in like forever. So everybody's been on me. Go to the doctor, go to the doctor, right? And um, I'm exactly not healthy. You can look at me and say, all right, that dude's got to get his shit together. So my good old buddy, good old pal, uh, some of y'all might know him, Matt Warner. Woo! He, uh, that's a Matt Warner woo for you. He uh, put me up to a challenge. So I got a treadmill, put it in my office. I got it right next door, right there in the uh, office next to me. And I've been hitting the treadmill. Went to the doctor, got all my blood work done. And I've been working on some things. And my doctor is a lady. And she mentioned that I had to get a prostate exam. Mm. <laughs> So her and her dad are in the same office. So she's like, you know, either one of us can do it. And yes, I do do them. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, all right. And um, so, well, before I choose, I want to get you and your dad in the same room. And y'all put your hands up to each other like this. And we're going to see whose hand is smallest. That's who I'm choosing for my prostate exam. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you oh, would. You yeah. would. Yeah. So then I told her, I said, uh, and if your hands are smaller than your dad's, then I'll probably get a Brazilian wax before it happens. <laughs> I want to be looking good, girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. So that was uh, that was my deal at the uh, doctor today, you know. But um, man, we gotta we gotta get down to business. You know, you know what this show is all about. Mm-hmm. So we gotta find out. Uh... Beer, check, bourbon. Check. Business. Check. Covering all the bases. This is My Fence Life. Now, back to your host, Dan Block. Well, man, what are you drinking tonight, old Dan Wheeler? You probably got, well, I figured you had like Pedialyte or something. Dude, It's it was 90, it only said 90 today, but... It, dude, it's a struggle. Like our heat wave has hit us for sure. So, dude, I'm yeah. I'm one of them crampers. So if you see my hands going crazy, that's why. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. that's the excuse. Well, man, I'm on some really good stuff tonight. I got the Jack Daniels. Can you see that, guys? Uh oh, I'm giving myself away. Yeah. Got to hold it in front of me. <laughs> I'm drinking Jack Daniels, bonded. Um, I don't know if you know anything about bonded whiskey, but it's, uh, it's a pretty good show. What the hell are you playing over there, man? You trying to watch another show while no, you're on this show? I clicked my phone on, and it was like on the thing. So I, uh, I don't do technology, Dan. You know that. Well, yes, we do. We do know. <laughs> <laughs> so for y'all that don't un- understand what's going on, and the reason why I look like I'm in the Matrix is because uh, my internet went out today at the office, and literally – Benji and I were trying to get everything set up. We got this new software we're using, so we're trying to figure it out. And I lose my damn uh, internet. So Benji was like, dude, take a picture of your office, and we'll make it your background, and you just go home and do it. I was like, 
<laughs> so now I feel like it's COVID. I literally have on this shirt and like some my sleep shorts, bro. I got like my PJs on below. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Benji steps up again to take care of you, dude. He does, man. He does. Hey, guys, big shout out to SWIFence.com. Uh, we can't forget about those guys. You're home for fencing tools, fencing supplies, and everything you need for the no-dig fencing system. We just got some more stuff in from those guys today. Uh, word on the street is you get a rubber chicken or you get some uh, flip-flops on a keychain to hang from your mirror. So y'all go to SWIFence.com and uh, get all your fencing tools, man. So what's going on, Dan Wheeler? Not much, dude. Season's kicked off. It has kicked off. We were full force. Handful of new guys. 30 new guys. Uh, but yeah, dude, we're we're crushing. I mean, three. Oh, I thought you said 30. I was like, no. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I wish. But yeah, three new guys uh, along with our, our existing crew. Um, we didn't lose anyone. So uh, yeah, things are things are booming, dude. We're uh, it's a it's a growing year for sure. So we feel the pain. Uh, but man, I am I'm pushing through it hard. Good man, good. We're uh, we're busy. You know, it's kind of weird what we're going through right now. I've got all these jobs on the books, mm-hmm. and guess what? None of them are ready. Mm. I hate that shit. So, um, but in about three weeks, we're gonna have more than we know what to freaking do with. Yeah, you know, we're yeah. gonna be running around, running in each other. I got all these aluminum jobs to do, gate operators to do. We got about 500 foot of foreboard we're going to do with goat wire. And then uh, that's what I just ordered. One of those wire puller thingies. I don't know, Dylan knows all that bullshit from SWIfence.com. It came in. And let me tell you, that thing's heavy, bro. I felt mm-hmm. bad for the uh, the UPS man. Do you have one of those? Mm-mm. I know what you're Dude, talking about, but. The thing's like 70 pounds. Dang. I mean, well, not 70, but it's it's got to be a good 40, 50 pounds. Yeah. Poor UPS man had to bring that up the stairs. He was probably like, <laughs> people, man. Yep. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we got that, and then we're going to stain the whole thing black, bro. I like it. Yeah, it's going to be dope. It's going to be dope. So um, we're filling in the gaps, but we're going to have a bunch of jobs hitting about three weeks. Did uh, Did you happen to listen to this morning's drop? With on, uh, Ron? Um, with a consultant, Ron. Yeah, I got about it? three quarters of the way through it. I, I might have finished it actually, but my day has been just chaotic today. But yeah, yeah. Um, it was a good one, man. It, uh, I think it was a nice little recap mm-hmm. from the show. I think it was like asked me about my day number thirteen, where I did a call with uh, my buddy Nathan Downs. Yep, who uh, also has a, a podcast, um, and we were talking about my numbers and how I thought I knew them, but man, I really didn't know them. And uh, that was like in June ish, July ish of last year. And I brought on consult Ron around that time and man, he whipped my shit in the shape, man. So if you want to know, uh, ask me about my day number 94 old consultant Ron updates me on my numbers and all that good stuff. It's a really good, it's a really good, uh, listen to man. Um, if you don't have a consultant looking to get one, I didn't go the, hey, the you're in the fencing world consultant route. I went with a guy that consults other businesses, different different industries, because I wanted to get a different look. I didn't want to get the same look 
that everybody else has been getting from all these same guys that are in the fencing industry. And I tell you what, I think I made the right decision by yeah. getting someone who's in the, you know, he, he does pool and spa stuff. He does air conditioned stuff. He He's all over, man. So it's nice. Nice. So anyway, bro, what are we, uh, what are we going to talk about tonight besides you slowly climbing your way up? To the- <laughs> yeah. I don't do anything slow, Dan Block. I do. Dan Wheeler does nothing slow. Really? Yes. Huh? Well, that might be an issue on your honeymoon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dan Block just has these, like, two-liners, man. I swear. Dan, I want to take your show over a little bit, dude. I want to do like a rapid fire. I was thinking about this. I'm like, uh, this morning, uh, when I was like, man, what are we going to talk about? I'm like, man, I think I'm going to do a rapid fire. I got a list of questions and some bonus ones, which I don't think we'll get to. I've got a list of questions. I want to hear Dan Blocks uncensored. I asked a question. You give me an answer, period. What do you think of that? I'll try. Oh, come on, Dan. You, I, I, I need you to match my energy, Dan Blanc. I need so you to match it. If you're listening to this show right now, you got to go watch it on YouTube. I feel like Keanu Reeves, man. Look at me. I'm like, in the <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So you got this little, what are those things called? Those background backdrops? I don't know what it is. Uh, it's a virtual background. Yeah. So when you move too fast, it gets all uh, distorted. Yeah. Dan Blanc, let's get into this, dude. I got a hard stop at seven thirty. You know that, and uh, you know I want to. I want to get you. I want to get you on the hot seat, dude. You got to sharpen your crayons for tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Make sure no. they're all sharpened up. No. Absolutely not. It, it was funny when you and Nathan Downs were ta- or you and Brian uh, were talking about it, and Nathan, I think. You're on this crayon kick, dude. Dude, I grew up in Clinton, Iowa. I'm from Iowa, not from Illinois. The business is in Fulton, Illinois. I grew up just over the, the, the water, over the river in uh, Clinton, Iowa. Well, come on. What you got, bro? Dan Blanc, first question. Uh, and I'm going to cut you off. I'm going to give you, I think I'm going to give you two minutes max on these. All right. Some of them might be a little bit deeper, but Dan Blanc, best thing about being a fence business owner. I'm going to give you some softies to start with. The best thing? Mm hmm. Uh, and if I look down, I'm taking notes. This is how a real really, podcast I really don't know what the best thing I guess the best thing is, is, uh, Fences are so goddamn expensive. I don't have to pay full price. Yeah. Ain't that the truth? I'm talking about right. Um, I'm bidding these fence for these people, and and I literally had people texting back, uh, "Too rich for my blood." You yeah, know? and I'm thinking to myself, uh, "Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't pay that for a fence." Real, real quick, Dan, what's your ideal closing rate? Wait a second, I thought I had two goddamn minutes. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm my ideal I'm, closing rate. Yeah. Um. I mean, um, God damn. Uh, I mean, I love a hundred percent, but that's not going to happen. I think if we're closing, you know, 20%, 20, 30%, maybe, yeah. I don't know. What, what, what do you think it should be? Let me ask you. I was what, thinking what, right at that 30, 30%. That's my ideal. Three out of every 10 we send out, you know, for all the numbers that I know and do and look at, um, I'm a little surprised that I don't have a closing rate number mm-hmm. because, man, we've been closing, we've been closing a lot of jobs though. So yeah. I don't know. You know what? I'm going to make a note of that. Hey, you know what I'm saying? I'm good at what I do, Dan. I'm good at what I do, dude. So 
Uh, I don't know. If you can. <laughs> next, next question, uh, Dan Blanc. What's the worst thing about being a fence business owner? The worst thing? If you want me to come you back know, to that, I can. The problem is, is I don't think you should be saying fence business owner. Okay. What is the worst thing about being a business owner? Mm-hmm. I think that's probably the biggest one. And um, the, the better way to ask that question. And if I were to answer that question, I would say probably the worst thing about being a business owner is trying to find people mm-hmm. that grab a hold of your vision. It's really hard for them to see what you see. Mm-hmm. And want to go where you want to go, you know. So, um, you know, Robert Whitaker, for 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 example, he's really done a great job showing his vision and where he wants to go, and and that's that's what I'm striving for. And mm-hmm. you know, I got a guy Terry um, that's been with me for about six years now. I think he makes six years this summer. And you know, he told me today, he said, "Man, I think we finally got a solid." group of guys and they're i i, I would say 80 percent of them which is a pretty damn good number yeah 80 percent of them are out out in the field 80 percent of my guys out in the field have the vision and they're like going for it now everybody in the office has the vision they're, they're on the train yeah 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 so i think that would be my i think that would be the hardest thing as a business owner you know yeah, painting that vision, painting that. Uh, um, yeah. It's you don't want to call like dangling that carrot out in front of a, a, a team member, but it's yeah, it's painting that picture in a oh, spot it's, on that train for them. Just getting them on the same page, yes. Man. You yes. Know, so you know, they don't understand. Like I had a guy, um, and I haven't had this conversation with him yet, but you know, he took off Friday. Now I got a deal. We had, Monday was a paid holiday, so. You got to work the day before and the day after the holiday to get paid. Okay. Well, if you schedule and want to utilize your holiday and you schedule a day off like Friday, because, mm-hmm. you know, Monday was a holiday, Memorial Day, you still get paid for it because you scheduled a day off two weeks prior. Okay. Well, this freaking kid, he doesn't come into work Tuesday. And I don't find out till 6 a.m. Tuesday that he's not coming in because. He's got something personal he's got to take care of, and he's got to take care of it that day. Well, he could have told me that over the weekend. Mm -hmm. I forgot to call you over the weekend, he told me. But I'm going to have a talk with him because he doesn't understand the ramifications of that and what happens to the vision and and the mission. And part of it is, is to give the best customer service that we can give. And part of the best customer service that we can give is showing up the day you say you're going to show up. Yes. So if he would have been like, hey, man, I got something I really got to take care of. I'll come in tomorrow, but can I have Wednesday off? Then I could have scheduled. I could have called a customer, gave him some bullshit excuse why we're not going to be there tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And it would have been a whole lot smoother. So I'm going to have a talk with him about that. But, you know, that's part of having a vision too, showing up for work because, you know, it's part of the vision, Yeah, you know? So I – uh. I like to say blueprint too. There's a blueprint to everything, right? And part of that blueprint, like getting guys to work, you know, showing up to customers' jobs on site or on time, right? That's it's, I call it a blueprint. Um, next one, Dan. So you've been doing the podcast two years now. You've had tons of guests on. 
Has it been two years? Basically. It's been a long time, right? It's been two years. Basically, might as well say. End of 2020, we started, uh, Canon and I started doing this thing, Facebook Live. So So you've been doing this a while. Lots of guests. Um, What's the best piece of advice that you've received from a guest that you've had on My Fence Life? Anything pop out, stand out? Um, I think one of the best pieces of advice that I've gotten comes from someone because of the advice he gave me in the early years of the podcast has become a really close friend and mentor of mine. And that would be Matt Warner. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, it's, it's been so much of a, influence on me that I got baseball bats made for it. Mm. So Matt's got this thing called swing for defenses. So whenever we reach a milestone, um, I get on louisvillesluggercom and I pick out a bat. And I mean, this is like, it's like 60, 70 bucks for a bat. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I pick out a bat and I'm picking out different colors. So they all they all look different. So far we got three of them. And um we put on there swing for defenses is like the headliner. Mm-hmm. And then underneath it, whatever it was, you know. And I got three of them so far. And that was because Matt was like, Hey, you know, you gotta swing for the fences. And it's one of the early, early videos that we have on YouTube. We had been on, we had been on Facebook Live for a while, and um, we finally started putting it on YouTube. And if you watch it, we got a little clip, man. Me, Matt, and Cannon got shit faced drunk. We had like a three hour pre show, air quotes, right? <laughs> and <laughs> well, I probably killed a fifth, a half a fifth of bourbon. We're cutting up. I end up, I got a little plastic crown on my head and um, Matt said something. He's like, when you want to make something happen, you figure out a way to do it. And Matt said that he told his team, I don't care what you got to do, but we got to make a million extra in sales this month, not sales, a million extra in production this month. And I don't care what you got to do, find somebody to do it, get people out of jail, bail them out of jail, but we need people building fence. And I was just like, wow, you know, and that really, that really stuck with me. So him saying that and learning about the swinging for the fences that night was uh, probably one of my, one of my greatest uh, influences and times. So are you going to ask me who my favorite guest was? No, not yet. But I'm piggybacking off that question, Dan Blanc. It's crazy that you said that. Um Biggest turning point milestone as the fence king that kind of stands out, which you obviously have three, if you want to share. Yeah, so I got my I got a baseball bat for my first one. Um twenty nineteen. Yeah, I think it was twenty nineteen. Um I was buying everything from Home Depot, man. So mm-hmm. a lot of people say, How have you been in business twenty three years and just a few years ago, you were buying job lots from Home Depot. Well, I was totally fine having me and a truck. I was making so much damn money. I, I didn't care, man. I was good. I wasn't. I was good. And you know what was really good? When winter got slow 
I can give a shit, man. I stayed home with my kids, played Xbox. So what? Mm-hmm. I had plenty of money. Bills were paid. Whatever. I can't do that now. Now I'm out there hustling work all. So I really, really enjoyed having one truck. Mm-hmm. And I really, really enjoyed having two when the second one was a um, was a sub because I didn't have to keep him busy. Mm. He had his own stuff going on. So I really liked that. But um, um, in 2019, Pepper said to me, you know, you got something here. You need to do something with it. And I was like, yeah, you're right. She's like, no, I'm serious. You can really take this to the next level. And, uh, of course, probably two months later, I looked at her and I said, you know, I think I got something here. I'm going to take it to the next level because that's the kind of guy I am. Yep. People plant seeds at me, and then I think they're my idea. I can't tell you how many times Benji's like, uh, that wasn't your idea. <laughs> you know, so um, so I walked into Home Depot, and I said to the uh, to my, my sales guy at the pro desk, who still is my sales guy at the pro desk, and I said, hey, man, I just want to let you know I'm going to take over the fencing industry in, in, around here. Everybody's going to know who Fence King is. And uh, he's like, okay, all right. Well, I invited him to our Christmas party last year. Mm. So that would have been 2021. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't do a Christmas party in 2022 because my guys acted the fool. And I was like, we're not doing this again. (laughs) (laughs) Don't take a bunch of fences to a five star. Oh, God. (laughs) Um, Yeah. yeah, They're all ordering shots of Patron and they're bringing them out in whiskey glasses. Yeah, because they don't have shot glasses at a five star. Yeah, no kidding. Right? Yeah, yeah. They're bringing out like fourteen whiskey glasses. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> you know, they're ordering fourteen shots of Patron at once, and I'm like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, we're not doing this again. But anyway, he came and he walked up to me after we had ate. We were just kind of mingling, and he said, "Man, I remember back in 2019 when you said I'm going to take over this industry. You're going to take over fencing in this area." I was like, man, I remember telling you that. When was that? He goes, I can tell you when it was. It was right after Christmas, and it was in a January. It was in January because most guys weren't working, but you were. And I thought to myself, well, if this guy can work during the winter and nobody else is, maybe he's on to something. And and you want to know what led to that? Getting that baseball bat that I now have. It says swinging for the fences 2018. We're going to take over. Was – I got tied in with my salesman. And when I got my salesman, I was like, oh, yeah, it, it's everything's going to change. Hmm. It has. So I don't know if I went over my two minutes. but You, you did, but we'll move on. Uh, that's good. I like it. I like it a lot. So you do track milestones and like growth and stuff like that. I always, I'm always curious about that. I like to ask uh, um, people those questions. Um, again, back to the, the My Fence Life. Uh, you've received hundreds of messages. I know you probably have DMs, emails, all that stuff. Dan Blank, give me one message that has stood out to you from a listener. Ooh, from a listener? Mm-hmm. Man, I know you get a lot of DMs, huh? Mm-hmm. Bro, how, how are you going to throw that at me? Because you probably can't do that. You probably can't answer this damn question. <laughs> there's a lot, dude. There, there's a lot. And, and, um, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you one that was in my DM. David Gatto. Mm. All right. So y'all don't know the David Gatto I know. (laughs) 
when I met David Gatto, I met David Gatto prior to having the podcast. Mm. He got into my DMs, or maybe I got into him. His, I don't remember, but um, yeah, man. When I met David Gatto, he was not the slide business guy that he is today. He was rough, tough, literally um, threw the phone down, didn't hang up. And I hear shit in the background. I'm like, what is going on? And Dave jumps back in the truck and grabs the phone. Yeah, I caught that guy on my camera stealing from me. Dave jumped out the truck and whipped his ass. <laughs> you know, so David Gato has probably been the guy that got into my inboxes that that has um, really, yeah, really shook me up as in made me think. Because he's a thinker, man. Mm. That dude's, you know, when you listen to him, you need to record his calls. Yeah. Because you got to go back and, and listen back to him because he talks so fast and says so much and is, you know, just drops, drops nuggets on you, you know? Uh, Dan, I'll give you an easy one here. Wait, wait, wait. I got okay. a question. Yeah. Huh? How am I for a guest? <laughs> Pinky's up, huh? <laughs> when you eat a taco, Dan Blanc, this is off topic. When you eat a taco, do you go Pinky's up? When I eat a taco, um, <laughs> it depends. <laughs> I like authentic cilantro and onion taco, pastor taco. How do you eat no it? No flour, corn, corn tortilla. Yeah, I don't. Flour is not. No, I yeah, yeah, never. Yeah, gringo. Yeah, I don't do gringo tacos. I do street tacos. Um, I don't. Do I put, What's your favorite taco? I put a pinky up. I put the pinky under the taco to hold it because <laughs> I got it like this, and I fold the end over so the juices don't run down my hand and hit yeah. my wrist and get in my elbow. What's your favorite taco, Dan? <laughs> oh, bruh, <laughs> um, I like a I like a pastor. Ooh, me too. That's my favorite a pastor. Oh, yeah, people say don't put pineapple on a pizza. Put some pineapple on a pastor. Ooh, baby. Okay, back to the questions, Dan. We're not getting off topic here. Um, I'm 35 years old, Dan Blanc. If you could go back to age 35 and give yourself ad- some advice, what would it be and why? Mm. Dude, you know, it was, I was 35 uh, when I got my GED. I don't know why that sticks out in my mind. 35. Is that a milestone? Um, no, man, I only did it because my kids were getting older and I'm like, how am I going to tell them Mm. they got to graduate from high school? And I didn't. So, yeah, I was 35. I went back, got my GED. It literally took me like four weeks. Really? One week I tested. The second week I took the test. Like I tested and then I didn't do good in uh, math. I'm horrible. The number guy, right? Mm -hmm. Horrible in math. Horrible. So, um, I had, so the second week, I took just a math test. The third week, I brushed up. The fourth week, I was like, I'm ready. Like, no, you're not. So I'm ready. I took the test and never went back. I was good to go. But um, 35. Wow, man. 35 was a big year for me. Me and um, me and my, uh, how old was I at 35? That was 13 years ago, 2010. 30. Why you pick 35, man? I'm 35. All right. So this is some serious shit right here. I'm about to tell you. All right. So buckle down and uh, get your crayons out. We cut. We, I want to see your list of notes. You using a yellow one for my highlighter. Yeah. Uh, 
somebody must have typed that up for you. I typed it up. Usually I handwrite stuff, but if you can tell, my writing is horrible, so I had to type this out. So I didn't spend any time reading it. So at 35, I had an epiphany, man. Um, um, I woke up one morning. I had been married for a really long time, since uh, 96, I think it was. And um, I woke up, and I was getting ready for work, brushing my teeth, put my hands on the counter, and I looked in the mirror, and I literally said to myself, who are you? I didn't know who I was. And um, from that day on, I started being Dan. And within um, two and a half years, I was divorced because I was being Dan. I wasn't being somebody else. And I took on the either you love me or you hate me attitude. And it's probably one of the best things I did because I can't be fake. And I know exactly where everyone stands with me. Either you love me or you hate me. And I'm okay with either. You know, um, there's no gray area. So 35 was a, a big year for me. And I don't think I would change anything. I'm a big believer in everything that I've been through. Even though I wish I wouldn't have went through it or I wish I could have changed it, I'm really glad that I went through it because it made me who I am today. Yeah, you know, so you probably wouldn't have gave yourself any advice to change. You probably would have said, you know, hold steady. It'll all work out. Yeah, well, I don't know, man. I don't know what I would have, what advice I would have given myself. I just know that I, I looked in the mirror at 35 and was like, uh, you know, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. You know, who are you? I didn't even know who I was. All my friends were her friends. I didn't have any friends. Mm. Anyway, something's fucked up here. You know, so, uh, yeah, man, 35 was a, a real turning point. I should have a baseball bat for that. Yeah. But it's not business related. So Maybe like maybe a bourbon not. glass. That reminds me. Hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> What else you got, bro? Come on. Give it to uh, me. Okay, another business one. If you could change one thing about your business, the Fence King, go back in time if you could. What would it be and why, if anything? What would I change? Um, you know, if uh, if I had um, Ron, the consultant, sitting here, he, him and I would, we, him and I would uh, disagree on this. Mm. I'm glad that in December of 2020, I read the book by Mike, Mike McCallowitz. McCallowitz. It's, it's pronounced McCallowitz. I know you have problems with last names. McCallowitz. 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 Stop it, Wheeler. <laughs> right. Anyway, I read the book by Mike uh, McCallowitz, and um, <laughs> it was uh, Pumpkin. Pump, the, the pump, what is it called? The Pumpkin Plan. Pump- Pumpkin plant. Yeah, thank you. So anyway, I read that book, and it told me to just do what I was efficient at. I'm glad I did it, but I kind of wish I wouldn't have done it because now here it is in 2023. I'm having to teach my guys how to do chain link because mm. they've never done it. So if I had to change something, I might change that. But if I wouldn't have done it, I might not have made it through COVID because I wouldn't have had to work in capital. I needed to buy all the lumber I needed because nobody could get lumber, you know? So 
that's a that's a that's a tough one, man. But I, I think I would have maybe been a little more um a little more um broad with with the uh the types of fences I offered. Because mm. I think I'd be more successful today. Because, you know, when you look at wood, the margins on that is not as good as the margins on vinyl, right? Or the margins on aluminum. And when I go back and look at my uh my numbers, wood is probably I mean, I make the same margins, but the job average job is less. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, yeah. I think um I think I would have kept on doing other stuff. So here, this next question, there's no right or wrong to this one because I kind of have, right now I have an opinion on this um, and I probably think I should not have an opinion on it, but growth in general, growth of your business, um, yes or no or why or why not? Like, do you think it's mandatory? You should be always striving to grow. What's your opinion on it? Well, you know, we did a show with uh, Robert Whitaker. I forget what episode it was, but um, it was just a few back. And, uh, I said, look, man, I don't want to talk about growth. Everybody's talking about, I want to grow, 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 grow. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you grow, you grow. That's great. But I feel like if you're going to grow one year, don't try to grow the next. Mm. Because what I did was last year, I grew so much. I was like, holy shit. I'm not going to grow in 2022. I'm just going to stay put. And um, actually, we did a little less, but I was figuring out how to handle the growth and and getting all my SOPs in order and making sure I had the right people on the bus, much less the right people in the right seats on the bus. So um, that was a uh, that was a tough thing, man. To know that I could probably go bigger, you know, and I'm sitting on the phone and, you know, you know, last year, Ken and I were talking daily, you know, Mm -hmm. and he's just like, grow, grow, grow. And I wasn't in my growing season. I had already did that. I was like, man, I need to figure out what's going on and get a grasp on things. So then that way I can make a big push. And, you know, um, Robert made a point. He said, you know, we're going to we're going to do, you know, a little over 10 million this year. And he said, he said, I think I need to sit at this campsite for a little while and and soak this in and make sure everything's right before we make a push to 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 the next level. And, you know, I loved his um, I loved his uh, analogy of, you know, when they climb in Mount Everest, you go, go, go. But then you sit back, relax, you get some oxygen, you get rest up for the next leg. And I'd like to see more companies talking about how, hey, this year we're just we're just resting. We're yeah. trying to figure out how the hell we got here, what we did wrong, even though we got here and we grew, what did we do wrong? How can we do that differently? So then we can get on to the next leg of this growth thing instead of just grow, grow, grow every year. It, I'm, it's, I'm quickly it's, realizing that's where I'm at, Dan, is. We grew, 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 did more and more every year. Now we got new team members. You know, they all, they have job titles, but they don't have job titles and SOPs aren't perfect. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it gets very stressful, very easily, very quickly, if that makes sense. Um, so I, I hear you. Yeah. So um, <laughs> anyway, uh, yes. Yeah, so, you know, 
Benji, Benji will tell you about SOPs, man. Mm-hmm. Benji and I have talked about it. And he's like, yeah, I really need to write some SOPs of this and that. And um, sure enough, he got into a situation where he said, uh, I just got to stop and write SOPs. And once he did, we had a conversation yesterday and he's like, man, these SOPs are working so great. Yeah. It's so good. And it really, really helped him tremendously, you know. Um, Dan, worst fence job experience. Any like crazy stories or anything like that? Oh man. So we could talk about um dude, I tell you, we put <laughs> we put a fence straight through this lady's pavestone freaking patio. <laughs> <laughs> so uh I was doing <laughs> I got a couple of them, but I was doing work for this um for this guy, this contractor. And he said, look, our property, the neighbor put in a nice pay. I mean, like a nice pavestone professional patio. Well, she thought that her property line went further than it did. Well, it didn't. So the contractor buys his house. He's renovating it, gets it staked out. And we're going through like four foot of her nice little rounded pavestone. And he's like, so look, the fence has got to go right through here. And I'm like, well, what about this? He's like, I'm not worried about it. You know, she's on my property. And I was like, well, we're going to be a little strategic about this. Mm -hmm. So now you got to understand this is back before people were, you know, keyboard warriors and got on next door and and Google reviews and they could scream shit from the, from the rooftops, right? Their circle was really small compared to people's circle today, even though, most people's circles are really small. They think they're big because they're on social media. So we literally sat down the street and waited. I remember the lady had a, a Toyota Camry. It was like a, a, a station wagon Toyota Camry. And when I saw that sucker come down the street, that was my cue. We drove <laughs> up to the job. We built the entire fence in the day and set it and dug right, just pulled up pave stones and just set it right through the freaking pave stones. Can you imagine that lady when she got home? How pissed <laughs> off she was. Or the lady when we were um we were building the neighbor's fence. I went and knocked on the lady's door, the neighbor, said, Hey, can we plug in our air compressor into your uh your outlet? She's like, Yo, sure, baby. We're in her yard nailing up fence boards and she calls the cops on us. Yeah. Like, wait a second. (laughs) Could. (laughs) So, yeah, that's been a couple. Or the ones that don't pay you. Yeah. 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 They owe you you 20 grand and they pay you 17. I'm like, what happened here? Yeah. Look, guys, just take take the the 17, take the $3,000 lick, chalk it up to the game, walk away, and just go. Don't even fight it. You're going to spend another three grand, five grand, trying to get the three grand that you're not going to get. Yeah. Just fucking move on, man. Yeah. You know, we, we just had one like that. Um, any, uh, real quick, any like, like, uh, like your best fence job experience, anything like super special, anything like that stand out? Um, yes, we did. I did this really cool fence, man. Um, this lady's backyard backed up to a cul-de-sac so the people behind her was really when you looked out her back window you saw the side of their house okay well the neighbor behind her their parents evidently owned like a big rv so they would park in that driveway 
so she would sit on her back porch and see them in their RV, like washing dishes. And she's just like, <laughs> I'm tired of looking at these people. So she had these palm trees around her pool. And while we were there, and this is pretty dope, her pool was shaped like a grand piano. And they built a pergola over the pool to where at a certain time during the day, the shadow laid the keys of the piano down. It was oh, pretty dang. dope. So anyway, um, she had some palm trees and she wanted the fence to curve around these palm trees. And it went like 14 foot high. So we used a uh, one by one by uh, the uh, 16 foot um, five quarter deck boards is what mm-hmm. we built the fence out of. Well, how am I going to curve a fence? I mean, she literally wanted a curve. She didn't want, um, you know, six foot, six foot. You know what I'm saying? She yeah. wanted a curve. So we used one by fours, threw them all in her pool, got them nice and good and wet, took the skill saw, cut little lines in it, bent it around the post and built it as curved fence. And then after I did that, she wanted to uh, have the top done a certain way. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and actually, that's the first fence that I ever stained. We did a Sherman Williams um what is that stain, that full-color stain that they have? Mm. I forget the name of it. But it was white, and we stained the fence. I need to find that picture, man. It was beautiful. This sucker curved around her palm trees. But she didn't have to look at those people washing their dishes in the RV anymore. <laughs> uh, Dan Blanc, entrepreneurship, it's not for everybody. And this is probably why, like, when you talked earlier, like, circles are tight, you know, because there's not, you know, a, I don't know. It's hard to have friends that aren't an entrepreneur. To, you know what I'm saying? Ask friends because they just don't get it. How do you explain that to somebody? Entrepreneurship that is not an entrepreneur. Man, it's tough. You know, I've, I've got people that I've become friends with and I think they're on that entrepreneurship running a business uh, avenue and, you know, and then come to find out they just want to smoke weed and play golf. And I'm just kind of like, yeah. all right. And then Pepper's like, oh, we used to be friends with them. I'm like, I have nothing to talk to them. I don't have any conversation. Yeah. You know, there's only so much um, bullshit we can talk about, you know. Um, I, I'm business orientated. So, you know, I'm wanting to learn from people. And right. I, I don't know, man. It's almost like a curse sometimes. Yes, I agree. Sometimes I feel like, sometimes I, feel like I can't enjoy myself. Um, you know, you, you're trying to uh, trying to have a conversation, hang out with friends, and all you're thinking about is, you know, man, I wonder what their opinion is on this. Well, they would don't even understand what a KPI is. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it makes it tough, man. It really does. Um, a lot of times, I don't know about you, but like my mind is somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? It's it, it's hard to put that into to words, but it's like it just doesn't turn off. Is the best way I can describe it. Yeah, it doesn't turn off, man. It's it's really hard for me to enjoy myself because I enjoy being an entrepreneur. I enjoy on a Saturday afternoon at four o'clock selling a job over the phone. I'm like, boom, got it. Yep. You know what I mean? Or or I enjoy setting up a new automation and hitting all my all my my, my uh, office crew up and saying, "Hey, just want to let you know, 
all the prices updated in job numbers. The uh, all the inventory is updated in, in the spreadsheets. All the templates are updated. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I went ahead and figured this automation out. So now we got a new automation for this. And they come in Monday morning to this long list of all the shit that I accomplished over the weekend. You know, I, I enjoy that. Yeah. You know, so it, it's hard. It, it's hard, man, to find people that are on that same wavelength. Um, piggybacking off that question, networking, uh, what does it mean to you and how have you used it to grow, uh, the fence King? Um, so I did something a little different on networking. Um, some of these people go to these BMI groups or something. You ever heard of that shit? Or, you know, these networking groups that you go to and they meet meet every Wednesday morning at seven o'clock at a holiday inn and they have donuts and coffee and sit around and stroke each other, basically. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then you're supposed to refer everyone in this group. I couldn't do that. Um, I did things a little differently. I I don't want to base my networking off of somebody else's uh, ability to sell. Right. Mm -hmm. So I sat back and said, where, where's all the money at? That's where I need to be networking. I don't need to be networking with people who are networking for the sole purpose of trying to get more jobs and can be called the person that got the most referrals so you get a trophy bullshit. So my thing was is, where's all the money at? Well, I like to drink. I like good food. So we're going to go to five-star restaurants. So Pepper and I, that's where we networked. We would eat dinner, and then we would network at the bars in these in these restaurants where the money was at. And I, I mean, I'll give you an example. Just the other day, I had a guy and Dylan went out and looked at the job and I was like, oh, yeah, we got that job. He's like, you think? Oh, yeah. I used to shoot to kill with that guy. You know, the guy owns like a five million dollar house. I used to shoot to kill with that guy at uh, a at 527 in Mandeville. Really? Called him up. He's like, yeah, Dan, go ahead. Move forward with it. No questions mm-hmm. asked. Hey, I'm going to send over a contract. He's like, uh, you don't need to. Paid is in full. Boom. All right. I don't need a contract for that. Go do it. Yep. But so that's what I did. And then I made friends with the the staff there. The the um, you know, the service industry people, waiters, waiter and uh, waitresses. And then I got pens made. And Benji will tell you this. This is funny shit. I, <laughs> I had like seven different pens. So I went to, I told Pepper, like, we're on a mission. We're going to find out the best pen. And you know who knows who the best pen is? A waiter and a waitress. They know the best damn pen. So I threw them on the table. What's the best pen? Eight out of 10 people picked the pen that I have. So then I went and made a shitload of those pens. And uh, my sales guy, Zach, I'll give him a list. And probably four or five times a year, he makes a, a run and hits every local high dollar restaurant and gives them 30, 40 pens. And those pins end up in the waiter's hands. And then we get calls all the time. I get pictures. People text me all the time. They're signing their bill with a pin that I, that's one of mine. And that's how I networked. Mm. I went where the money was at. 
And yeah, the money's there, man. You know, people paying, you know, $50 for a steak, $150 a plate. They got money to spend on a fence. I uh, listened to a podcast a while ago. I think I sent it to Matt at JC Fence and someone else. And it was basically, I believe it's old, he's in the same city that Matt's out of, Matt Warner. Um, James Manscape, I believe his name is. He's a landscape dude. And someone asked him that question. His exact same thing as what you said, Dan. Like He's like, I went to the country clubs. I went where everybody that has money goes and i drank with them i ate steak with them like do you want to go to mcdonald's and pick up a customer or do you want to go to the hundred dollars for a steak steakhouse customer dude i tell look when i got friends of mine that um they can't find a man i'm like what are you doing fix yourself up go sit at the damn bar over 527 del portos pardos china go sit at the fucking bar you're gonna find a guy with money Mm -hmm. but instead you go into these Shitty clubs, you know, popping your ass, you know, mm-hmm. you ain't gonna find nobody. No, no. go sit at the bar at a five, five star restaurant. Trust me, you're gonna pick up a cat with some money. He might be married, <laughs> makes it even better. <laughs> uh, Dan Blanc, what is the most beneficial tool that you use or use today to get the fence king, uh, to where you're at now? The most beneficial tool that you use or have used uh i mean it's hard to get one tool man uh how about i do so the most beneficial tool um is uh for my guys how about we say that Mm. the most beneficial tool for my guys are out in the field i would have to say would be as of right now, and I hope to upgrade this, but as of right now, I would say anything, any any of Mr. Fence's tools, mm-hmm. right? And probably the Little Beaver was a game changer for us. We literally went from three-man crews to two-man crews and do more foot per hour because of the Little Beaver. And it shows up every day. Yep. So um, for my sales guys... The best tool I would have to say would be like ArcSite, mm. being able to go on site, measure, price, sell, collect payment. In the office, um, I would have to say it would be my salesman slash, um, man, that's tough, man, you know, because one of them gets you leads. My salesman gets me leads. Job Nimbus keeps everything together. That's a real tough one. But I think I would have to say my salesman. And the only reason why I would say that today is because of where my salesman is going. They're um, they're integrating with uh, the GIS, the Global Information System. They're doing. They're laying down a grid, making it easy for the customer. You can pick something, you know, so they're really up in their game, man. Mm-hmm. So I would say my salesman slash a version of it. Now, that's in the office. Now, in the marketing portion, I would have to say would be uh, cleverfox.online. Mm-hmm. I agree. You know, um, when it comes to my marketing, you know, Benji has been really just amazing. <clears throat> I can't. 
say enough about him. The guy's always there for me. Uh, we become great friends. But, I mean, this guy, he, he gets shit done, man. And, and he, I just like his eye. You know, I don't want to say he's got, you know, queer eye for the straight guy. Right. <laughs> but I just like the way the way he sees things. And the way he um, the way he thinks the, the 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 things that he puts a thought through before he puts it out there. So if he tells you something, like, well, why do you think that, Benji? You know, and uh, sometimes I'll put my damn it. He's listening right now. I know it. <laughs> so sometimes I put my phone on mute. And I'm like, I'm going to ask Benji why he asks why he thinks this Dylan. Watch. You know, and so I mean, well, why do you say that, Benji? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know. We're just like putting him through a test. But sometimes you need to know those things. You need to know how the people that are getting you where you're going. You need to think why. Why are they thinking this way? You know, so you can start thinking that way. Yeah, right. That's exactly right. Like, what are you? Uh, what do they always say? Like, you're the median of the five people that you hang around most or talk to most, right? Like, you got to get on their level. That's why. I talk to people who I talk to every day. Um, Dan Blanc, this will be, give me this one real quick. What does your team look like in their role? And when I say team, I'm talking like Ron, the consultant, obviously he's your consultant, Dylan, Terry, um, any other person you want to mention? Wait, what was the question now? What is, what's their role um, in uh, hold on a second here. What's your team? What's, what's your team look like and what's their role? Like when you think of team, like Benji, I don't want to answer these all for you. Like Benji is my website guy. You know what I'm saying? Matt from JC fence. Right. So what is my team? Um, my team is Ron, the consultant. My team is, um, is, uh, Benji, the marketer, right? Um, my team is, uh, you know, Dylan and Zach are my, my sales team. Um, you know, I've got my crew leaders. They're definitely a team. We got a chat just for crew leaders. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terry, Tywin, Tyler, Connor, those guys. Um, but, you know, those guys are all great. But you want to know who the heavy hitter team is? And I, I don't want to take away from everybody else because everybody has their part. Right. You know, you start realizing you got a whole bunch of little teams. But without all those teams, we don't have the pitcher fence game. Um, man, my main team is uh, Russ, my banker. Um, Jay, Jay Costa, my uh, my tax attorney. Um, listen to what I'm saying. Jay Costa Blanco is his name. Then we got Haver Gonzalez, which is my CPA. And then we've got uh, Giovanni Garcia is my insurance guy. Those guys? And I probably could throw Ron the consultant in there. Yeah. Those guys? (laughs) Shit's going to fucking happen. Okay? So every year we have a meeting where... We get all those guys in the room, except Ron, the consultant, and I probably need to get him in the room just to listen to what's going on so he knows what direction we're going or maybe can speak up and say, hey, I don't think he's ready to move in that direction. 
But when you get all those guys in a room once a year and you start discussing and planning what you're going to do, uh, shit happens, man. Mm-hmm. You know, because your uh, your tax attorney or not. Let's all right. Let's put it this way. Hey, I want to go ahead and do this. Well, then my tax attorney says, "Okay, well, if you do that, then we're going to have to do this and this the file, you know, for your taxes." Well, then my CPA might say, "Well, hold on a second. If you do that, then I'm not going to be able to do this, and that might affect this." So then my tax attorney goes, "All right. Well, what if we did this and this?" And then my CPO goes, "Well, if you're going to do that, then I can do this, and we'll be all right." So you're like, hell yeah, we're home free. Dan gets to do what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. And then that little son bitch, Russ, the banker. <laughs> I hate that son of a bitch. Russ perks up and goes, yeah, but if you do that, then how is that going to affect his bottom line? And how is that going to affect me when I try to go sell Dan the fence king to my boss at the bank? Because Dan wants another, you know, 50 grand of a uh, lot of credit. And sometimes that little bastard speaks up and I'm just like, you ruined my dreams, you know, but I tell you what, man, those guys have kept me from going down roads and dealing with shit that I didn't have to deal with. They, they, they protected me, you know, um, Jay, Jay Costa, my, my, I call him my tax attorney, but he's, he's a tax attorney, but he's my all around attorney too. I can't tell you how many times um, he'll walk in my office and, and he's a character man. If you met him, he wears those old Miami shirts that the old, uh, <laughs> to wear, you know, with the pockets in the front, you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's what he wears. And he always smells like tacos. So anyway, um, <laughs> I'm like, uh, he comes in, he goes, Hey baby, it's my job to protect you, baby. That's how he talks. <laughs> I'm like, I know, I know. But sometimes I feel he's like, no, it's my job to protect you. You need to get this and this done. So that way we don't have no problems. No problems. He calls the IRS the boys. We don't want no issues with the boys. <laughs> so, um, you know, having that team really is, is the heartbeat of, of Fence King. And then around that, you know, Ron could come out of that and then be on the outskirts of that with uh, with Benji and and different people. Like my, my printing company here locally, man, it's, it's a big deal. Yeah. You know, to know my brand and 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 have a person in their office that I can call and they know my brand and they know what it's supposed to look like and they that you know they 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 know how it's supposed to look on certain things and and embroidered a certain you know that's a big deal. Yeah. You know, I had a conversation with um Susan K. Worley today about that how um how strong my brand is. I was on the phone with her and and. Uh, Somebody was like Fence King, and she's like, "What was that?" I was like, "Ah, oh, somebody just screaming Fence King." She's like, "What?" <laughs> like, yeah, you know. I mean, I got a new doctor, and the doctor uh, was looking at my my little sheet. That you know, when you first go, you got to fill all that shit out, right? Yeah. I put on there, you know, uh, Fence Fence Company owner. I don't ever put Fence King. I just put Fence Company owner. And um, she's like, oh, "Okay, you got a Fence Company?" I'm like, "Yeah, I got a little Fence Company here in town." You know, I just trying to be low key. And I guess about 10 minutes later, maybe she noticed my ring and she's like, wait a second. <laughs> I was like what? She's like, are you the fence king? And I was like, what, what tells you? What, what made you say that? 
well, you're on a fence company and you got that crown ring. You got it. You're the fence king, aren't you? <laughs> and I'm like, no. She's like, you're the fence king. You're famous around here. <laughs> so, I mean, it's crazy, man. I was telling, I was telling Susan that today, how crazy that is, you know, that the brand that I've, I've built in, in my community and Benji will tell you, Benji will be like, man, I, it's, it's insane. Everywhere I go, people will go, man, I saw you guys, you did fence king's website. Cause he has it on his website showing, websites that he's done so anyway piggyback what else you got? piggybacking out of that dan um mentorship um as we'll say a, a successful business owner do you feel that's your duty or obligation mentorship is it my duty or obligation to do you, mentor? Yeah. Do you feel that's your duty or obligation? Say you have a new team member that needs some uh, guidance. Do you feel that's your duty or obligation because you're successful to help them out or guide them to where they need to be? You're talking about people that uh, work for me, work for Fence King? Or, Could be, or yeah. Are you talking about people in general? Because I'll tell you what, mentorship is a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's a lot of work, man. Mm-hmm. Mentorship takes away from your family, takes away from your hobbies, takes away from your sleep. You know, the phone call that you get when you really don't want to take a phone call, you know. Um, do I think it's my duty? No, I don't think it's my duty. Mm. I think I, I don't think it's my duty at all, man. I, I mean, that might sound a little arrogant, but um, personally, I think – if you have someone that is willing to give you advice and help you in a situation, you should feel privileged because that guy doesn't have to do it. And so whenever I am getting advice or being mentored by someone, they have my full attention because I know this isn't their duty. They don't have to do this. They could go on and do whatever the hell they want to do. They don't need to be doing this right now. So, no, I don't think it's my duty. But I feel like if you're going to be in someone's inbox, I feel like if you're going to be in their email, I feel like if you're going to be calling them, that you need to understand that they don't have to do this. They could be doing something else. Uh, maybe they could be calling someone that, and doing the same thing you're doing. But instead, they can't because you're taking up their time. So give them everything when you do call them. You know, and and and, and that's why some of these consultants cost what they cost yeah. because it's got to hurt a little bit. Right. They don't want you wasting their time. You know, so if, I mean, people hit me up all the time about help for job numbers. I need help. I need help. Hey, no problem. $150 an hour. I'll do a Zoom. I never hear back from them. Yeah. You know what? It doesn't it if they pay that 150, they're gonna be bought in. Right there. Yeah. They're gonna be paying attention. They're gonna be bought in. Um, you know, um simply. I use simply for my phone systems. Love them. And uh guess what? They're always sending me guys to do little tutorials to tell them about it. And I'm like, hey man, are you paying attention? What this dude's on his phone? He's like, hey, hold on a second. I got other shit to do, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, I mean, th- this isn't this isn't doing me anything any good right now. Helping you, mm-hmm. you know. So if you got somebody that's going to sit down with you and help you with automations or help you with an issue or help you figure out a job, give them your full attention because it's not their duty. 
I they agree. got other things they could be doing. I agree. You know? I agree. Um, Dan, I got two more for you. One's kind of longer, but it, so basically, Dan, I'm going to give you a name. I'm just going to say a name and then just give me five seconds of whatever comes first, right? That makes sense. You following me? <laughs> say that again. I'm sorry. I was, uh, I'm just going to, I'm going to give you a name. Okay. I got a list of names here at the bottom of my sheet. And you just t- give me five seconds of, um, your, I don't want to say opinion of them because that sounds bad, but like what they mean to you, maybe you know what I'm saying? Like if I, if I say pepper, you're gonna say that's love of my life. Oh, ho, ho, slow down. <laughs> but you get what I, I'm saying. I get to go first though. I get to go first. Though, okay. Right? All right. So crayon. <laughs> Dan Wheeler. I think of Dan Wheeler. Yeah. Okay. So if, if I said Dan Wheeler, you, you think crayon, right? <laughs> Wait, I'll, I got to say something. Yep. Did you hear in the last podcast where somebody asked something about you, and I said, "Yeah, Dan's probably coloring a uh, one of those sheets from Sizzler." <laughs> Did you hear that? Yeah, I heard that. Like, where, where, where's your parents, little boy? Uh, they're at the potato bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, your mom does like a lot of my stuff on Instagram. Yeah, well I'm gonna I have to end that for her tomorrow. She's just a she's just a a yep. thumb me sliding <laughs> through it. Yeah. All right, Dan, I'm gonna give you a name. You give me uh first thought that comes to your mind, all right? Jesus, this is dangerous. Nathan Downs. Dom DeLuise. <laughs> He's the Dom DeLuisa podcast. Captain Chaos. Captain Chaos. That is, man. Cannonball Run. All uh, right. No, Nathan Downs. Uh, no, no. Wait. Okay. I, I I'll get, give you a couple seconds. Yeah, because I got I got to clown a little bit on Nathan. Uh, Nathan, smart guy. Uh, you know, sometimes he's too smart for his own self, man. But smart guy. Love him. I can call him up. We can have a serious conversation, like you and I. Mm-hmm. We can have a serious conversation, or we could just cut up and have fun and 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 rag on each other. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like today, I did that picture of you with the the lipstick lips yep. and yep. you know all that stuff, and we had a group text, me, you, and him. So that's what I that's what I like. I like somebody I can have a conversation with about entrepreneurship, but also cut up with and go from there. Who else you got? Joe Everest. <laughs> Uh, he's the he's the Godfather. Yes, pie, right. Um, Joe Everest, man. Um, I slid into his inbox and uh, fully clothed, by the way. And <laughs> I was like, "Hey, man, <laughs> tell me about this podcast and stuff." Because Cannon and I started getting into it, and we had no idea what the hell we were doing. And Joe helped me and gave me everything I needed. And I have a lot of respect for Joe, um, even though I gave him a hard time about some things. But, yeah, yeah, love Joe to death. I love what he's doing for the industry. Couldn't speak higher uh, of him. And, hey, go to uh, OzarkFence.com, use MFL15, and get 15% off. Or next name, Dan Blanc. Uh, let's uh, go with Brian Fredrickson. <laughs> Brian Fred Aluminum. Uh, uh, the Tony Montana fencing, right? <laughs> um, yeah, because I feel like that guy does an amount of coke every time I'm with him. But um, he's he's energy. Um, 
trendsetter, man. Yeah. I had a conversation with uh, with somebody. I'm not going to say who they are because um, it's a conflict of interest. But you know, I said to him, uh, you know, why, why why do people like Brian Fred Aluminum? And and it was actually through through a text, and I put, you know, Brian's relatable. I'm, I'm reading the text. Brian's relatable. Dresses like a fence guy, and he's not in a blazer. Brian understands the fence culture. He understands fencers and their humor. And Brian knows what the majority of fence guys really want. And it's not a boardroom slash corporate atmosphere. Mm. So why do I like Brian? I like him because of all those things, man. We're we're fencers. And I understand that there's people out there that want to bring our industry here. But we're not even here yet. Jesus Christ. Let Let us get to here before we get to there. So this is a good thing. So in my opinion, like the AFA, they're 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 ahead of their time. They're just I feel like they're just too far ahead. Mm-hmm. Some might think that's great that they may leap and bounds, but I think the fence industry needs to catch up to the to the AFA and I think the FWA is the stepping stone to getting to where we are like the concrete industry. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know how those guys do it, but they got that shit down pat and it's corporate like. Mm-hmm. I just don't think fencing's there yet. We're getting there. And I feel like what you do and what I do and what Nathan does and what Joe Everest does and what Mark Olson does and, you know, what David Gatto does and whoever else is out there, the other guys that are doing stuff, you know, um, Dan Olson and Alan Olson and, um, I don't know, man. I haven't been on social media a lot, so there might be some other guys that are out there doing shit, and I don't know. Sorry if I didn't call your name out. But I think those guys are helping us get where we need to be um, so we can get there eventually. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Okay, next name. Uh, Dan Blank. Let's go with Sean King. Oh, man. So... First time I heard of Sean King, I think I know the first time I heard him. Rachel uh, Cruzy, everybody says Kraus, but her name is Cruzy, by the way. Rachel Cruzy was like, "Oh yeah, have you seen the videos of Mister Fence?" And I'm like, "Who?" She said, "Mister Fence." I'm like, "I said Rachel, who the fuck calls himself Mister Fence?" (laughs) Oh no, this guy. You know, this was years ago, man, and. uh so then that's the first time I heard about him. And then after that, I um, saw a video of him. And I don't know if it was a mind salesman video or not. But Sean said something that stuck with me. Mm. And that's when he was talking about having a consultant, someone that he answered to. And he knew, by golly, by 3 o'clock on Tuesday, he better have his shit together and ready to go to that meeting. Because if he didn't, I was like, damn, I haven't had to answer to anybody like that in a long time. You know, and um, <clears throat> so that struck me with Sean, and then I started seeing all his videos. So fast forward, what do I think about Sean today, even though he made a, an impression back then? He's completely changed the industry. I love his tools. I love what he's doing for the industry. Um. I consider him. I consider him a friend. I feel like I could call him anytime. 
Uh, I'm great friends with uh, Kyle and his son. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he definitely deserves his place in the fence world, man. He He's changing it. Yes. I, agree. I, I mean, I don't know if you can say fence without saying Mr. Fence. Correct. And without it meaning Sean King. So, yeah, yeah. Huge props, man, for uh, for Sean and what he's doing, really. Okay, next name, Dan Blanc. Uh, let's go with Matt Warner. Oh, Matt Warner. So, uh, Matt's made a really big impression on me, man. Woo! <laughs> right? He's the woo guy. Um, man, Matt's humble. You know, I've had people tell me, hey, you can only listen to enough so much Matt Warner. I get that, man. But, you know, Matt, Matt's got it dialed in, man. He's he knows business. He's a humble guy from Nebraska, grew up on a farm. He's uh, he's been bankrupt. There's a, there's a lot. I mean, I, I went bankrupt, been there, done that, got the T-shirt. So. It, you know, he's failed, not afraid to say it, but he's just humble, man. And, and, uh, I like, I, I just love Matt, man. I, I don't, I don't know. I really think to give you a real analysis or a real opinion on Matt, I would have to sit down and do some really deep thinking because Matt is, uh, Matt means a lot to me, man. He really does. Um, yeah, if you can just get in a room and hang out with Matt. Yeah. You know, I, I wish you could have been at Matt um Operation Epic, he called. He's got names for all this shit, right? And uh if you could have been there for that and heard him speak and been around him and had an opportunity to hang out with him, or did you did you hear him at, at uh Fence Tech speak this year? Mm, I've I've heard Matt speak several times, so yeah, just yeah, great speaker, man. Really is. Yeah. Dan, I'm going to give you a couple more here, then I'll wrap up with my last question. Um, let's go I with... Hope my girl, I hope my girlfriend Bonnie's watching right now. <laughs> um, this one we always talk about, uh, Benji. Hey, man, Benji's taught me a lot. Um, you know, I've had people from other fence companies say, man, if you ever leave, I would hire you to do my marketing in a heartbeat. Well, guess what? The, the, a lot of marketing I've done on my own, but Benji has like polished me and brought me, you know, the cream rises to the top, right? So Benji has caused me to rise to the top and do things in marketing. And, you know, I used to send him responses to reviews or I would send him ideas and he would tweak it. It's gotten to where here recently I'll send him something. He's like, yeah, man, sounds good. Or, uh, man, I really like that post you made. That was, that was, that was smart. So I feel like, okay, you know, um, my Yoda has, uh, you know, cause I call him, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? <laughs> so my Obi-Wan Kenobi of marketing, or sometimes I call him MD, my marketing daddy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's, you know, I, there's things that him and I uh, talk about, things that we do, and and he's taught me a lot, man. 
he's taught me to look at things differently. He's talked to me, he's taught me to think about things differently. And uh, yeah, man, great, solid dude, honest guy, no bullshit, no, no, no flair, no, you, you get what you get. You see what you get, what you see. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. Straight up guy. Oh, all right. Last one here. I, I had to ask this one. We all know him. We all love him. Um, he used to co-host with you. Um, I know you guys are super close. Uh, Cannon Johnson. Cannon, man. Um, I'm really impressed with Cannon has done. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he has grown his business in such a way, man, that is just phenomenal. Um, he, he's, he's got a great mind. He's got a great attitude. People love Cannon. Um, you know, I love what he's doing and how he takes advantage of opportunities. Uh, he, uh, I, I remember, man, I remember when he signed on with Sean King. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You're going to pay that guy? <laughs> here I am over here with Consult yeah. Ryan. But I, really, I gave him a hard time. Yeah. I was like, hey, how about we do this, bro? So you, I'll pay you half whatever you're paying him. You just share with me everything you're learning, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, Cannon's come a real long way. I'm really proud of him. Uh, I love I love what he's doing, man. He's definitely, you know, now that he's um, he's uh, he's left the show and he's doing more with Mr. Fence and he's involved with those guys and he's helping Sean, you know, build his, his empire. And I don't mean that in a bad way, empire. I mean it as in he's um, he's helping Sean. He, he's perfect for helping Sean get, to where Sean wants to go. Right. Because, you know, Sean can only go, we can only do so much, man. Right. I mean, look at me. I got to the point where I had to hire my son. Why? Well, because I couldn't, phys- I can't do it by myself. So I need to surround myself with people that can. And Cannon is definitely going to help Sean get to the next level. And those guys are going to rise to the top, man. You haven't heard the last of, uh, of Cannon Johnson, that's oh, for sure. Oh, I know, I know. Um, you know, last question, Dan. Then I got to get off. But this is, uh, uh, I'm kind of saving the best for last year. What drives Dan Blanc and why? Huh. You really want to know the answer to that? Yep. Let me get a little personal. You okay with that? Yeah. I don't. You better tell Sandy. You're gonna be like. <laughs> I'll give you five minutes. No, it's going to take longer than five. So, you know, I grew up in a pretty fucked up home. And um, my dad left when I was two. And then uh, remarried my mom when I was seven. So my dad was married five times. And he married my mom twice. And, uh, my mom verbally was abusive. And when I say verbally, she would tell me that I was never going to be anything. I would be nothing. I would end up like my dad, a piece of shit, right? Which, by the way, if you know my dad, he was pretty fucking successful. Um, uh, we won't get into all the things that he did, maybe another time. But when I finally got to know who my dad was, 
I was like, I want to be exactly like him. So my mom actually has played a huge part in my life. She doesn't realize this. She's gone now. Thank God. Uh, she's not using up good oxygen that we all could be using. Right. Um, but yeah, she, she forced me to push myself to prove her wrong. So what is my drive? My drive is, uh, and this might sound fucked up to a lot of people, but you know, I stand proudly over her tombstone and say, you know what? I showed you, fuck you. I'm not, who you thought I would be. I'm not nothing. Uh, I've made it and I've done it and I proved you wrong. So yeah, she was the driving force behind me and that's a long story short, you know? So, um, yeah, man, fuck you for asking that question. Dan Wheeler. <laughs> Dude, I, I, it's just a simple question I had to ask. It's crazy, uh, Dan, cause I've talked to a lot of successful fence business owners and there's more than what you think probably have a story. Super, super similar to that. I will never name names or nothing, but it's crazy how um, there are stories that are so similar where people are so driven, you know what I'm saying, uh, to prove someone wrong. Um, and, and I get like yeah, that, too. Yeah. yeah, man. And that's that's got a lot to do with it, man. You want to know how screwed up this is, bro? So uh, my mom, I ended up leaving. I got kicked out of my house when I was 14. So I was on my own when I was 14. It has a lot to do why I didn't make it through high school and I'm only, I only made it through the ninth grade or completed the ninth grade. But, um, you know, my mom had my dad served for divorce on my birthday. Right. And then guess what? You remember in, uh, when we were doing Baton Rouge's, um, AFA on the road, mm-hmm. right. That was back in uh, May of last year. My mom wasn't doing well. I went to go see her. Guess what? Died on my birthday. My and Dylan will tell you yeah, one more, one last fuck you, huh, Dad? You know, because my, my Dylan knows the story. And then of course, and then my birthday this year fell on Mother's Day. I'm like, I can't get away from this bitch, right? So I changed my birthday on Mother's Day to uh, May 4th. I'm not, I'm not gonna be May 14th anymore. My birthday's May 4th now, but uh. Yeah, man, that's that that re- literally is the driving force. I had to prove her wrong, you know. So, yeah, you want to get down to the core of it. What else we got, man? That was pretty solid. <laughs> that's uh, I wanted to wrap up with that. I guess we can do uh, kind of change the tone here. Um, last one for sure. How pumped are you for the FWA show? Well, first of all, are you going to the show? Yes, I am. All right, just checking. <laughs> you know what I'm bringing with me? Crayons. You know those little pop rocks, the things you throw on the ground and they pop? Yeah. So what I'm going to do is, excuse me, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to bring those because I know you got that little suitcase you pull around with you. <laughs> and I'm going to throw those little pop rocks out so everybody will know where Dan Wheeler is. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to be no, setting man. up shop. I ain't, I ain't wheeling around nothing uh, no that's more. That's what I'm saying. So, um, are you you're you're going right? Yeah. So we're gonna have our own little area. We'll be yep. able to set up our roadcasters, and uh, I think it's gonna be pretty dope, man. We're gonna have a great time. Um, I like the FWA. I like what it's doing. I like where it's going. I like uh, Brian Fred Aluminum. 
I, I just overall like the whole the whole deal, you know. Um, uh, what did what did you ask me? I'm sorry. How pumped are you for that FWA show in Vegas? 23rd, 24th, 25th. But I don't like Vegas. Vegas sucks. Bro. I've never been there. Uh, you ain't missing nothing. It's just everybody hookers on the street. They're all trying to solicit you. And, <laughs> you know. Well, from what I understand, we'll be in the hotel and don't leave the hotel. And I like that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's cool and all, but I'm not a big Vegas guy. And the reason why I'm not is I'm not a uh, I'm not a gambler. You know, if I'm going to sit here like I am tonight, taking up time with you, and you know, it's eight o'clock at night. Uh, I'm I'm from home, even though it looks like I'm in my office. <laughs> uh, you know, Pepper's in the other room, and I'm taking time from her. And if things like this are going to make me money, I'm not going to take my money and throw it away in a in a slot machine or on a poker table or whatever. I work too hard for my money, so Vegas really doesn't have a lot for me. Um. You know, Vegas shows. I can see that shit at the casinos right here on, in, on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Uh, you know, stuff like that. So I'm not a big Vegas fan, but I'm down to go. And I'm glad you're going. I can't wait to see you there. And I hope everybody's in the same little group. Wouldn't it be great if, um, you know, uh, Corey Beerman, for example, right? Say he goes over to you. You interview him. And he walks like... 15 feet and he and he hits he can have me or joe or mark you know i I think it's going to be i think it's going to be awesome i like that we're all going to be centralized Mm -hmm. i really like that i do too i'm pumped dude i'm pumped for it i like what brian's doing um i like to to be able to set up shop uh i got a microwave for victor vasquez dude it's going to be sweet i'm pumped What else we got, man? Anything else? You good? You done? No, that's good. I'm done. I got uh, I got a couple things. I've been out of the office, and and I'm way behind. So like, I got a lot to do. And uh, but I'm glad we jumped on and did this. Uh, I knew I was probably going to go deep with you, and we did. Yeah, man. <laughs> you got some pretty deep stuff. So look, I'm going to go ahead and play this outro. Don't go nowhere. Stay All right. <laughs> hey guys, um, big shout out, expert stain and seal. I need to get better at talking about these guys in the uh, in the show. Nineteen odor free fla- uh, odor free flavors. Been drinking burp, <laughs> guys. With a three year warning on uh, liquor back brushing. Expert stain and seal. Real good stain D and D technologies. Love those guys. Go green. <laughs> so I'm getting ready to get a sign made, and it's going to go right there. I can't go past my body because yeah, you see it. So you cut your it's finger off up there. Cut my finger off. Anyway, it's going to be dope. Green, neon. Uh, D&D is going to be our flagship sponsor next season, season five. And uh, Finch Track. Guys, get your Finch Tracks on. I got one around here somewhere. Um, get that license plate. Looks good on your trucks. My salesman, we talked enough about you, Matt. We ain't talking no more about you. And uh, Benji over at Clever Fox. We ain't talking about you anymore either, Benji. But if you don't have bizradar.com, you're missing out. Let me tell you, you're missing out. Uh, anyway, um, I guess that's it, man. Guys, y'all, uh, y'all have a good one. Thank you for uh, showing up, and uh, you keep on fencing. You've been listening to my fence life. Yes, we like to have fun, beer, bourbon, and business. And although we have fun. 
we take our business very seriously. Dan Blanc is known as the Fence King, and he's been providing high-quality fence solutions since 1999. He's connected to industry leaders, business leaders, financing experts, and marketing gurus that will be on the show to talk about their success stories. To find out more about us, hit the website at myfencelife.com. Listen to the show wherever you consume your content. We are everywhere. Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcast. See you next time on My Fence Life.